0: in the world is pastor gonna talk about? I'm gonna talk about a red hot lust. That's exactly what I'm gonna talk about. And I'm gonna minister out of this scripture, Proverbs chapter six. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So I want you to find it in your Bible, verse 23, down to verse number 29. Listen, I'm still feeling the Holy Ghost from It Ain't What It Is this morning. I'm still enjoying the the, the vibe of having the faith to look at everything and said it don't have to be what it is, but it will be what God says it can be. And so you carry that into your week and have the victory this week. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23 down to verse 29. Everybody follow it with me in your Bible. And please, if you don't have a Bible, just follow it on the screen. The words are going to be up from the Bible behind me. Starting our reading in verse number 23, Proverbs chapter number six is everybody there hold on hold on hold on proverbs 6 verse 23 all right here's what it says for the commandment the commandment is a lamp And the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Now when God says that reproof, that is the Old Testament way of we would say rebuke. Reproof, rebuke means when someone instructs you by correcting you. And you know correction is not always pleasant. But he says, reproof of corrections are the way of life. How many of you know rebuke can save your life? That's what he's saying. Amen. Verse 24. It says, to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductress. Verse 25. Do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids by means of a harlot. A harlot is just the Old Testament word for the term whoremonger or whore, harlot. By means of a harlot or a whore, a man is reduced to a crust of bread. And the adulteress will pray. This is not with your hands like this. It is P-R-E-Y, which is like a lion hunting down its dinner. The adulteress will pray. Or to stalk to kill upon his precious life verse 27 can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. Now before I say anything about the teaching of the scripture, let me assure you that lust is not just a man's problem. Because I spent 10 years traveling. Most people that answered the altar call have always been women. So traditionally, we always think it's a man's problem. So the scripture tonight is not just what we call sex-centric. It's saying men be warned about the seductress woman, her eyelids and her words and her flattery. So don't just think, Okay, then this is not for us women, because you all know that lust is an everybody problem. Can I get an amen tonight? All right, so I want to pray because I want the Holy Spirit to, to bring life out of this scripture so that everybody here can not only live a great destiny for God, but that lust and sexual sin will not cut you short from the plan that God has for your life. I want you to join me for a quick minute of prayer. Holy Spirit, we need you in the service tonight. Though we are hearing the words of a man, please, God, let us receive the voice of God. Help us, Lord, in this sexually charged world where everything around us is seductive and unclean, Give us the mind of God and put safety and parameters around your people that we could maintain faithfulness to you and that we could serve you in righteousness and that the anointing would remain powerful over our lives. Oh God, and should Satan set traps of lust and immorality for your people, God show us, warn us, and allow us to escape. We as your people, God, would maintain our heart for you and service for your wonderful kingdom. Let our marriages stay strong. Let our teenagers navigate these dangerous waters. Help us tonight. We thank you in the name of Jesus. And everybody here say amen. I, I want to begin this message tonight, and I, I called it Red Hot Lust. Number one, because I think the title would, number one, get people's attention. But also because in the text, God calls lust a fire. And I want to use that as a basis because if you know what fire is, then you can understand the danger that God is warning us from in this scripture here tonight. So I want to begin with some statistical information that I hope will shock you into seeing that this is one of Satan's main strategies against you, against your family, against a church, and against your children who represents the next generation of Christian believers. So let me start off by saying this. In the world today, there is something that I guess is kind of undefined, but that is often talked about, it's called the sex industry. You've heard the term, the sex industry, where there's not really a sex industry as you would have a lumber industry or a technology industry. It's very real, even though it's not really defined. Everybody here knows that it's real. And that sex industry is things like pornographic websites, pornographic films, pornographic magazines, sex trafficking, where they say Atlanta is one of the top five sex trafficking cities, not just in America, but in the world. Prostitution that you'll find all up and down midtown and around areas of Buckhead, where women will dress seductively and seek to allure men to snatch their money and sell sexual favors. And, And so porn websites, films, magazines, sex trafficking, prostitution, and if you take all of those things and you put them together, statistics that I read this week said that this is a 60 billion with a b dollar industry now if that doesn't shock you it's because you're not good at math simply means that you hear numbers million trillion billion and to you they're all the same but they're not all the same let me give you an idea of how much $60 billion is. They say this money that the sex industry takes in, they say it's more than the NBA takes in, the NFL, which is football, and Major League Baseball combined. And you all know the salaries and the money that is thrown around in in, in payments and and, advertising and and stadiums and, and, and ticket sales They say this is more than the Basketball Association, the Football Association, and Major League Baseball. You take all of those together, and $60 billion is more than all three of those combined take in. Doesn't that show you that there's a lot of money in lust? Here's another statistic that I hope shocks you. In 1998... There were 17,800 pornographic websites. Now, folks, 71,000, not 17, 71,800. That is a lot of pornographic websites. Well, you jump up to 2003, and the number of pornographic websites has gone from 71,000 to 1.3 million. And as of today, as I'm standing here right now, November the 3rd, 2019, there are over 24 million pornographic websites. If you clicked every day for the rest of your life, you wouldn't be able to click on all of them. Would you agree with me that that's a lot of pornographic websites? Well, the only reason there is so much supply is because there is so much demand. The reason there are websites and films and magazines and kids being kidnapped for sex trafficking and prostitutes walking up and down the main street is because there is a demand. And that demand, ladies and gentlemen, comes from one word. And that word is the word lust. Now, there is a warning in the New Testament. It's found in 2 Timothy, chapter number 2 and verse number 22. Let me read to you what it says up here on the screen. Take a look at it from the Bible. The Bible says this, Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a what? A pure heart. Now notice that he says, you are to do what to lust? Flee. Now, those statistics that I just read you, doesn't that tell you that the world that we live in is not heeding God's warning? God says, you flee lust. Well, how can we go from 71,800 porno websites To 2019, 24 million. That is not fleeing lust. That is fleeing to it. More films, more magazines, uh, more young kids being bought and sold for sex trafficking. People are not heeding God's warning. They are not fleeing lust. Uh, Folks, they are fleeing to it. But here is the problem. Along with lust comes all of the problems and the curses. That have been unleashed on our society that plague us every single day. And I'm going to tell you right now, the church has not escaped. You know, it was just recently I was preaching in California. Seems like every time something interesting happens, it's in California. And a young man who I've known since he was 16 years old probably now in his mid-30s. I saw him and he came to the revival where I was preaching and we were kind of catching up over the years. I'm going to tell you just when I was talking to him I could feel the slime in his spirit. He had backslidden from God and he came up for prayer and he told me that he had gotten involved in pornography. And as he starts telling me the the depths of what he went to i finally had to tell him to stop talking because my mind felt like it was being raped the things this man was doing and the things he was having done to him and i could see him struggling and he was saying you've got to pray for my mind he says i've i've lost my ability to concentrate he said i can't look at people anymore he said I undress both men and women with my eyes. He said this pornography has so invaded my soul that I can't even hug my nieces and nephews anymore without it being an erotic event. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? This is a man who loved God and worshiped God for so many years but this pornography has taken over him this lust has literally consumed him and as I was praying for him and he was just kind of standing there and I could sense that nothing was happening in his spirit he had given himself over to this to the point Where it was like God was passing him Guy, I'm speaking in tongues. I'm praying. And he's just standing there. Stone cold. Not weeping. Not shaking. Not feeling anything. Not crying out to God. This guy had almost become a reprobate. Now folks, I'm not saying this to you because I want to scare you. I just want to shock you into reality. Because God says flee lust. And if he says flee it, it's because God knows more about it than you do. And he's trying to communicate to us that it's a very, very dangerous thing. Here is the problem why I wanted to preach to you about this tonight. People think lust is this private, unharmful, sexy fun. That's why they do it. They think it's just a a little bit of looking, a a little bit of imaging, and a little bit of, you know, taking their clothes off. And, you know, and they think, well, it's just private. It's not affecting anybody. And they don't realize it's destroying you. So in this Bible passage, I want to pick apart a couple of things that I think are so important that if you'll hear them tonight, maybe take a few notes on this, you'll be able to help yourself and you'll be able to help those that you love the most. Look at verse number 25 in Proverbs chapter 6 that we read. Here's what the Bible says. Do not lust after her beauty in your heart. Does everybody see it? That is as direct a command as you can get. He says, do not lust. Now, I want everybody to say, say, do not lust. Now, that is not hard. That doesn't require interpretation. Do not lust is basically God saying when it comes to sexual things, he said, don't let lust get a hold of you. He said, don't do it. Now, doesn't that tell you You don't need to spiritualize it. It's something that you can turn away from. It's something that you can walk away from. If God says don't do it, then you can don't do it. Say amen with me. All of that stuff you're hearing now about sex addicts and I can't help myself and all of that kind of stuff, uh, the devil is a liar. If God tells you don't do something, then you cannot do it. Or else God would be asking you to do something that is impossible for you to do. And then God wouldn't be being fair to us. He says, don't you lust. Do not lust after her beauty in your heart. Then verse number 26 is where the revelation begins. It says this. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust bread now there's three very important things I'm gonna say to you right here I want you to listen to them the first meaning of that little phrase is that lust will take everything you've worked for lust will take everything you've gained and it will leave you with the equivalent of a bread crust. It didn't even say a piece of bread. It said crust. Now, when I was a little boy, we would were the crust off and we would have our sandwiches without the crust. We used to think that crust was nasty. Some of y'all know because you did the same thing. Crust is the part of the bread that people throw away. He said, that's what you're going to be left with when you let lust control your life. You're going to be left with something that's worth nothing but to throw away. Some of you have been there. You've already experienced what it can do to you. It's taken your sanity. It's taken family and relationships. It's taken money. It's taken dignity. And God says uh, by the means of it, uh, you are reduced to a crust of bread. Lust will take everything that you've worked for and leave you with nothing. The second thing we learn from this is that you will pay so much for something that is so worthless. A crust of bread. You'll pay, you'll lose your job for a crust of bread. You're going to give something so expensive, so deep, and so worthy for something that is so worthless? Yes. Happens all the time. And so God's warning is that most people don't know what lust is. And because they don't know what it is, they're willing to take these risks, to, to peep on these websites, to crack open the books, to run off with a prostitute, to, to go in the corner and fornicate, to, to sit on the phone talking nasty to someone all night, to sexual comments on Facebook, and all of this kind of stuff. He said, because they don't know what they're playing with. God sent me miraculously when I was praying over the message a powerful psychiatric study about what lust and pornography does to people's mind. And I know folks have just ignored all of these things because you can't see when you're going crazy. I told you when my mom passed away, she didn't know me. Now, my mom was sitting in her favorite lounge chair in my sister's living room the last time I talked to her. And as far as my mom concerned, there was nothing wrong with her. She's sitting there talking just as normal. Who is this? My sister, said, that's Marty, your son. Oh, no, uh. she couldn't. She, she couldn't even remember that she had a son. As far as she's, she's sitting there eating her sandwich, and in her world, everything is fine. She didn't even realize that she had lost her mind. Because you can't see it when you're going crazy. You can't see what lust has done to you. You can't see your lack of reasoning. You can't see how it's making such bad decisions come out of your life. You can't see what it's doing to your spouse and to your children. You think everything is fine. You think that they're all bothering you. And you can't even see that you have become the problem. And these psychiatric workers, they almost attribute what lust does to the mind like narcissism where people just live life And they have no idea how they've gone into isolation. They like to be alone. You know why? Because pornography is a lonely sin that you normally do by yourself. And so therefore people have lost their ability to talk and to communicate. And as they're describing this, I'm thinking of so many people that I've prayed for over the years that don't even know that they're losing their mind. Talks about how people self-deceive as they start getting involved with lust the kind of excuses that they come up with oh well i was just wanting to see what it was like and it says how that lust makes you a deceiver makes you a liar i'm gonna talk a little bit about that in a minute but our warning from god is so crystal clear He says do not lust it's going to reduce you to a crust of bread now i want you to think about the major problems that we have to face in a city the size of atlanta and this is not just big cities it's out in the country areas too i want you to think about the problems that we have to face broken homes and divorce is like the number one economic And number one epidemic that we're facing in the church world trying to sort people's lives out and bring them to Jesus. And you know a lot of broken homes and divorces, you can lay it right at the feet of this thing called lust. Lust in the workplace, destroying the home. Lust, you know, down at the park, destroying a marriage, destroying relationships. Listen to what I'm saying. Sexual transmitted diseases, which has always been a big problem. And we're not just talking about the the serious ones like AIDS. We're talking about the ones that cause people to be infertile, that cause people to be sterilized and they can't even produce. Lay it right at the feet of lust. They say one in six women means if I start counting one, two, three, four, five, six, one of the six that I just counted has been sexually abused. Rape, violent crime, molestation, five, six year olds being abused by uncles, fathers, and cousins. Pedophilia, grown men, Sexual fetishes with children. What is all of that? Lust. Every time I wake up and I read the newspaper or a website about a child that has gone missing, that's been kidnapping, all I can think, some pervert has snatched her from the park. Lust. Sodomy. What we call today gay sodomy from sodom and gomorrah and all the weird perversions from bestiality to incest what is it saints it's lust we read the story a couple years back i have the article in my file about a father and his daughter who were separated at birth because the mom couldn't take care of her and the dad and the mom weren't together And so they were separated at birth, never saw this girl. Well, she started looking for him when she turned 18 years old. Eventually tracked him down through investigate social media and all of stuff like that. Her and her father, the father is 38, the girl is 18 years old. They decided they were going to meet up and meet each other for the first time. And when they met up at a train station in Pennsylvania, they said it was love at first sight. the father and the daughter moved in together and became lovers and the reason the story is in the news now is because uh, he's gotten his own daughter pregnant and the authorities are freaking out and the family is freaking out and the two of them are die-hard determined there's nothing wrong Uh, hey nobody can tell people who to love Well, see when you open up the door to lust that's the kind of stuff you end up with And it won't be long before our Congress in the United States will be passing legislation about people getting married to their goats and their dogs and their horses. And people think, you know, Pastor, that is an over-exaggeration. Well, a hundred years ago, it would have been an exaggeration to think that a man could marry a man. What am I talking about? I'm talking about lust. I'm talking about a power that is so great Better to take you down a road where you never expected that you would ever go. And it's so unfortunate that as I'm preaching to some of you here today, I don't even skin my teeth, I don't bat an eye to say that there's probably somebody listening to me right now that your eyes have seen stuff that is so perverted and filthy that you yourself wish that you could delete it from your mind. lust that's where it'll take you and without an intervention of the holy spirit without god coming to help you this thing will spin people out of control it'll work in your family it'll work in your children it'll work all over the world folks we need god and everything comes down to what we read in this text when god says do not lust say amen everybody now watch what second peter chapter 2 Verse 11 says in the New Testament, all right? Look up here on the screen so we can just keep moving. 2 Peter 2, verse 11. It says, where, is that 2 Peter 2, chapter 11? I think that might be the wrong scripture. Whereas angels who were greater in power and might, well, that's a good enough scripture for another sermon, but that ain't the one that we're looking for. (laughs) All right. Anyway, listen. I'm gonna have to give you the. That's not the scripture that we wanted to read, but the scripture you might be able to look it up here, Dennis, and then can throw it up here. It's a scripture that says these words. Listen. It says, "Abstain from lust, which war against the soul." Three eleven. Oh, that's okay. We got Second Peter, so it's First Peter. Flash it up there real quick so that I can. Bring my my thing. He said first Peter. Come on, selector. We're waiting. There you go. All right. All right. Not three, two. Okay. We're still waiting. That's two-one. We're getting a little closer, a little closer. Come on, we're we're almost there. (laughs) Put more one more one on the end of it, and then we'll be there. Hallelujah. There we go! (laughs) All right, watch it now. Watch it, everybody. Beloved, I beg you. (laughs) If God gotta beg you, you know it's serious. He said, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from freshly lust which war against the soul. Write that down, please. Write it down in your Bible, memorize it. He says you should abstain from lust, he said, because they are at war with your soul. The word abstain is this Greek word apecho, which basically means to hold something off. It's like you're standing there and you're holding something off or you're holding something back so that you yourself can be protected. He said abstain is where we get the word abstinence from when we teach abstinence to children that is uh, don't have sex until you get married now do you, anybody still remember when the churches used to teach that that seemed like way back in the day i'm talking like whoo that's like ancient now like dinosaur preaching And, you know, in schools, they would teach abstinence. Hey, the best way to protect yourself from diseases is to don't have sex when you get married. Well, you know, try telling these millennials that. But I'm going to tell you, God knows so much more. Can you say amen? He said abstain from lust. He said because... They are at war against your soul. Now let me show you what this means, folks. Look up here at me. Let me be the old-fashioned preacher for just a moment because I'm going to tell you what it means. It means don't look. It means don't touch. It means don't go near it. And it says don't play with it. That's how it used to be preached. That's how my grandparents and parents that's how it was preached back in them old Pentecostal churches and them old holiness churches. They would say, you stay away from those places. They don't look at that stuff. They would say, don't go near it and surely don't touch it. And you know, it was good enough for those old folks. But we have this new attitude in the church today. And that is, you know, pastor, I just love the Lord and I can get as close to it as I possibly can. See, you playing with it. Our pastor, Pastor Harold, when we were young men, he told us, don't go places that are filled with lust. And you know, we had our friends, don't tell me what to do. I'm a grown man. Some people said, no, no, if I want to go to a club where all the boys don't have their shirts on and the girls got dresses all the way up to last year, he said, if that's what I want to do, then that's my business. And so the church can't bring instruction anymore. And so people don't understand because they use it to, you know, abstain, stay away. Can you all say amen with me? We were told don't go to R-rated movies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. See, I see y'all. I've had people in our church. Come right up to me on Sunday morning and say, Oh, Pastor, we saw a great movie last night, me and my husband, and it's an R rated movie. I mean, they said it just as proud. And I'm like, Y'all ain't got no shame. Just come in and tell the pastor. I'm teaching you what I was taught. Christians don't go to R-rated movies. It said restricted. That means restricted to Christians. Why in the world would the God in you enjoy such perversion on a screen? And And if you don't feel nothing, that means maybe the God that is in me is not in you. I just look at a nasty billboard driving down Claremont Road and I gotta turn my eyes I can feel the Holy Ghost saying son don't look and I'm surprised at the amount of Christians that not just look but they enjoy and then come and tell the pastor you ought to see that movie some of y'all ought not to be laughing you ought to be saying ouch remember the message hurt so good The scripture says these things are warring against your soul. See, when you go to war, you don't just go waltzing into the enemy's camp unprotected. When you're at war, man, you're trying to protect yourself. He said there is a war between lust and your soul. And the answer, he said, is to abstain. When I got saved... I listened to my pastor's advice. He said, you see all that music? You throw it away. And I was angry at first because I said, yeah, you don't know how much I paid for this music. But he was so right. Because the words in that music were filled with lust. And there's some of you sitting here tonight, you've got that music in your house. You've got it in your car. When are you going to be able to do what God says? He said abstain from it. Now what we have today is we have such a compromising generation. Oh, but pastor, you know, God loves us. And come on, we need to have a little bit of liberty in these issues. That's because you don't understand war. (laughs) Lust-filled jokes lust-filled fashions that you buy down at the the store all of that stuff he said abstain from it it's tragic folks when we who love god can't look in the mirror when we're getting dressed and say you know what that is lustful all right moving along i can tell when y'all want me to stop i can tell Now, go back to the text, Proverbs chapter 6. Let me show you what it says in verse 27 and verse 28, because it's a question that is filled with revelation. All right, watch what it says. It says, can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? Now you'll notice the references to fire, burn, hot, and seared. You see it? Those four words are words of flame. burn hot and seared four words used in these two verses to describe what lust will do to you here is the revelation as clear as you're listening to me the revelation God wants you to see is that lust has the exact same nature as fire Sexual sin, fornication, masturbation, adultery, sodomy, X-rated movies, R-rated movies. Guess what? You are playing with fire. This is what he's saying. He said it'll burn you. It will sear you. When something is seared, it's like the word colorize, which means when, when you sear something, you burn the nerves almost to the point that it deadens and, and you can no longer feel. If, if, if your nerves are seared, you can be walking in a place of great trouble and don't even know you're hurting yourself. You've cauterized or you've seared the nerves in your foot. So now you're walking on on nails or glass and you can't even feel nothing. You're doing more damage and you're walking along (laughs) thinking everything is all right. But because your nerves have been seared, God said, this is what lust does to you. Folks, you don't play with it. Now, I was taught by a wise father, mother, and grandparent. Don't play with fire. And every time me and my brothers and my cousins tried to play with fire, they whooped us. And you know, we can understand yeah, we stole some money or we hit our brothers and sisters, but they would whip us for playing with matches and playing with fire. I was like, come on, what's the big deal, folks? Because fire is dangerous. You all remember the name Ted Bundy. If you're too young to remember Ted Bundy, look him up. Ted Bundy was the man who was a notorious serial killer and it was said that he killed at least 30 women. Raped, killed and mutilated. The interesting thing about Ted Bundy is he was not your normal, you know, guy with all of his teeth hanging out, looking like Freddy Krueger or somebody. Ted Bundy was a highly educated man. Ted Bundy had degrees from three universities. He had a psychology degree and two law degrees brilliant man and he said he was exposed to pornography when he was just seven or eight years old and all the time that he's learning and increasing his education giving his dissertations and writing his papers he's passing with unbelievable grades inside of him was a fire burning lust He would leave his classes, go to pornographic films and movies. And now here's this man who is a brilliant law student. He's a psychology student with a degree. He's tracking down women and raping and mutilating them. He's in prison after he was caught, weeping and crying out of control. He's giving that interview with James Dobson from Focus on the Family. And he's crying, and look what my life has become. All the money I spent on education and school, I couldn't stop myself from tracking down women and killing them. Lust is a fire. Y'all hearing me tonight? It's a fire. And the two characteristics that you can never forget about fire why God uses the terminology here in Proverbs that he uses that you can never forget and the two characteristics of fire is number one fire spreads and number two fire consumes everything in his path God could have said lust is the water he could have said lust is the wind but he said, lust is a fire. And I'm going to tell you why. Because lust spreads from 71,000 websites to 24 million websites. Isn't that called spreading? Come on. From just an act of fornication to full on homosexual sodomy. Isn't that spreading? from peeping at a Playboy magazine to being a serial killer. Isn't that spreading? From private sexual lust back in a back room, now it's in kindergarten, now it's in first grade, now it's in middle school sex education class. Isn't that spreading? They say now there's this thing called Drag queen story time where these men dress up like women go into public libraries and, and tell cute little stories to children to break down their resistance to gayness and transgender and homosexuality, and, and, and the public has accepted it. That would have never been allowed just 50 years ago. Isn't that spreading? Lust is a fire. And so not only does it spread, folks, it consumes. And when consuming, it just begins to move. And as it's spreading, it's leaving a trail where it has consumed everything in its path. Here's what people don't know. While they're enjoying the passion, the entertainment, and the dopamine rush of lustful sexual acts that in their own heart is destroying the future that God has planned for you people's idea of something so beautiful that God made for human relationships human sexuality you know the devil didn't make sex God did something God made to be so beautiful has now been taken down to such a perverted means and 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 now people's minds are so ruined and they can't even think about it in godly righteous terms anymore so it's taken their sanity folks it's also taken people's integrity in this psychiatric journal that I read about lust it described in one whole paragraph how that lust turns people into liars see a liar is a deceiver my mama told me years ago she said if you lie you'll steal people need to start taking lying serious the Bible says Satan is a liar and he's the father of lies which means lying connects you to the character and the nature of Satan he came to Adam and Eve in that garden. God said, don't eat that. The day you eat it, you'll you'll die. And he comes along and says, you won't die. That's a lie. And the purpose of that lie was to put them at odds with God and to run them out of the garden, the home that God had prepared for them. And when it was all said and done, they're sitting outside the garden. A flaming angel is protecting it. They can't go back in to the very thing God had made for them. Because they listen to a lie. A liar is a wicked somebody. Folks, I'm not talking about somebody who gets something wrong. Because I hear people all the time, you know, somebody say, what time is it? And they say it's 5 o'clock. Now, you know, they, you know, it's really 4 o'clock, but they didn't even look at the clock right. It's 5 o'clock. And someone said, you lying? They didn't lie. They just looked at it wrong. A, a lie is an intentional thing. If you just get something wrong, that don't make you a liar. Why y'all looking at me crazy? <laughs> a lying comes from your soul, it is the nature of Satan. You know, if you think it's going to rain and it's going to be sunny, it's a well, man, you lied to me. That ain't a lie. you just crazy because you can't read the sky. But if you know what it's going to be and you say something different your intent is to deceive that is a lie that's the devil the devil don't get nothing wrong he tells it wrong because he wants to jack up your life and this is what lust does lust makes you a liar and this whole paragraph in this psychiatric journal was about how people will say to somebody who's consumed with lust where are you going Oh, I'm going to a friend's house. They're not going to a friend's house, they're lying. They go into an X-rated movie. They're going to a nasty hotel with a prostitute. They're going into a dark room with, with computer or internet pornography. You know what? Because lust makes you a liar. Your mom knock on the door. What you doing in there? Oh, homework. You're lying. You're a liar. You've taken on the nature of Satan. This is what lust does. It makes you a liar. And lying goes to the very core of your soul. And the Revelation 21.8 says that no liar shall shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Where are you going? With my friends? Lie. What you doing? Oh, homework? Lie. What you got in that bag? <laughs> Oh well it's just some da- lie Y'all hearing me tonight? Lie to your wife. Where you been? Oh I had to stay late at work. Lying. Where's the money, babe? Oh, I had to put some gas lying! I think we done stumbled on something. I can tell when y'all get kind of quiet like that. God says, do not lust. Folks, it'll destroy your character. It'll eat your soul away. And then it will destroy your relationship with God. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 4 and 5, quickly in the Bible. Let me look at the scripture with you. We're getting toward the end now. Please stay with me for just the next few moments. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 4 and 5. Here's what the Bible says. I'm reading it up here. It says that each one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Watch. Not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. You know what God is saying? He said, lust is a characteristic of people who don't know God. See, it'll take you out of God's will. You'll be committing lust and singing on the choir. You'll be committing lust and playing the piano. You'll be committing us in teaching Sunday school. Lust will take over you think you're okay. You're completely out of God's will. He said this is a characteristic of people who do not know God. He said each one of us ought to know how to take your vessel and, and honor it and sanctify it so that we can maintain a relationship with God. Listen, lust is a fire. Don't play with it. So here's what we're learning tonight. We should pray against lust. Avoid lust. Don't keep it on the bookshelf. Control it. Renounce it. Get rid of it. Break it. Burn it. Throw it away. Some of you think it's kind of odd when I would preach and tell you all those stories when we would have men like larry reed who was an evangelist in our fellowship he's gone home to be with the lord now he's an old man but he used to come and do revivals five ten days back when i first got saved in tucson and i told you there was always one of the nights he would bring a great big trash can and put it on the stage one of those great big ones and he would tell everybody tomorrow night bring your albums bring your pornography Bring your bongs for smoking weed. Bring your papers for rolling joints. And he's all that mess from your old life. He said, bring it and throw it in this bin. And he would be preaching. We need to get free. Oh, God, we need to get us a big trash can. And he would say, bring it. And people would come in with bags of stuff. The the trash can was overflowing. And even though we was rejoicing, what Pastor Warner was freaking out, that church people had all that stuff. playboy magazines and nasty videos and was like, what in the world y'all been sitting here in church got all that stuff in the house yeah. god said do not lust come on now look at romans chapter one and there's a couple of very important passages that I think will, will, will help us as we cap this off here tonight. Now there's two portions. I'm gonna read verse 18 and then 24 down to 28. Please stay with me, everybody. Look at me up here, okay. Romans 1, verse 18. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now listen to this. Suppressing the truth means you have the truth and you press it down and push it under the table somewhere that's what he's talking about he's talking about people who've heard the truth like you're hearing me preach tonight and you've taken it and you just tucked it in the closet yeah pastor I know but I still want my boyfriend and I still want my nasty movies and I want my nasty music and I still want my masturbation tools and yeah I know pastor but I'm gonna tuck he said, you know what that's called suppressing the truth now watch Go down to verse 24. It says, therefore God also gave them up to what? Uncleanness. Here is where uncleanness comes from. It means God gave them up. It means God took his hand of grace and began to remove it. He said, you're suppressing the truth. You're not listening to what my word is saying. And God is saying, you know what? The form of judgment I'm going to give you is almost like a form of chastisement. I'm going to let you feel the full effect of what you're doing, and God begin to withdraw, so that they can feel the full effects of suppressing the truth. See, He gave them up to uncleanness. Think about it. Nasty church people. See, He gave them up to uncleanness. Now, watch. It says, in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Keep reading. Verse 25. Who exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Remember, they had the truth and they changed it. In other words, it's just like trading baseball cards. I'll give you Willie Mays and you give me Reggie Jackson. I've got truth, give me a lie. Said they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, worship and serve the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Twenty-six. Keep them going. For this reason, God gave them up to what? Vile passions. These are perverted feelings, perverted emotions, passions that are filthy and vile look at nasty stuff instead of reading the bible he gave them over to these vile passions says for even the women exchange the natural use for what is against nature that's called lesbianism said here are women who instead of doing what is natural for a woman to be with a man it says they exchanged that they traded it and instead of going with men he said now they're going with women This is the Bible, y'all. Keep reading. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman. What's the next word? Burned in what? Burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty for their error, which is due. This is called Gay man homosexuality. He said, The women have given up what is natural. Now the men are doing the same thing. He said, Men burning in lust toward other men. That's where lust will take you. Here's a beautiful girl right in front of you. He said, But now what would be natural to say, Ooh, girl, you looking fine. You forget about the girl. Look at the guy. Man, you looking fine. That's what lust to do. He said it's like a fire raging inside of them. I can't wait to get my hands on a man. I can't wait to get my hands on a little boy. He said, it's not natural. He said, it's lust. Are y'all seeing this? He said, this is not natural. He said, it's against nature. He said, what it is, he said, it's a burning fire called lust. It's consuming and it's taking them down these dark roads. He said, because they didn't hold on to God and they didn't get rid of this mess and abstain from lust because people, think that it's just some sexual fun they think it's just harmless and they have no idea until you find yourself in its grips and it's just about destroyed you lust y'all listen to me lust is an unsatisfiable demon you cannot satisfy it once it achieves it wants more here's the final thing some of you have met Pastor Al Lambert he's one of our pastors in London he and I pastored and preached together in Jamaica we ministered together in London he's now living in London He and his wife Mary are very good friends of ours but before he was a pastor he was a professional fireman and he would sit sometimes and he would educate me about the world of firefighting now, for a lot of you, you would think that that was boring, but to me, it's very exciting. Because fire intrigues. Y'all know how you see a fire burning and you're just looking at it? People pull their cars over. The building is on fire. Man, I mean, see, look at the fire. He would tell me stories about backdraft. God, and how many firemen it would kill just because you opened a door at the wrong time. He said there's a fire in an office building, and, and, and as soon as you open the door, it allows oxygen in, and fire just feeds on oxygen, and all of a sudden, like a freight train, the fire just comes rolling right down the hallway toward the open door and just will kill two or three firemen. They call it a backdraft, where you allow oxygen in. That's why they have what they call fire doors. When you'll go through hotels and businesses, they'll say, keep the door closed. It's a fire door. That means in case there's a fire, the door must remain closed so that air will not come in and it will consume the entire building. I never knew this kind of stuff. So he would talk to me about all of these things about firefighting. And then he told me one of the most interesting things that I don't think I can ever forget. It's about something called the flashpoint. Now of course I'm being educated. I don't know anything about this, but see, I listen to people who know stuff I don't know. And he's telling me about a flashpoint. I said, a flashpoint. And he said, everything has a flashpoint. He said, you know, when there's a fire, people can't understand how a concrete building can burn. If it's made of wood, they understand. If it's made of straw, they understand. But they can't understand how a concrete building can burn down. I mean, this is cement. This is concrete. They can understand how a metal building can burn to the ground. It, like, this is metal. How can it burn? He said, the reason why it intrigues people is because they don't understand Flashpoint. Let me tell you all about Flashpoint. Can I tell you all about it before we pray? Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. Listen. flashpoint is the level where heat causes combustion see in order to have a fire you have to have a source of fuel it could be like gasoline it could be wood it could be paper the fire has to have something to burn you call that fuel It could be the padding on this chair. It could be my cloth shirt. The fire has to have something to burn. We call that fuel. It also has to have heat, a heat source, and it also has to have oxygen. You got those three things, you got fire. So think about it. When we were kids, my father showed us how to start a fire with a magnifying glass. Anybody remember that? you get the magnifying glass you get some dry leaves and then you hold it just right in the sun and you get that thing just right and what's happening is the magnifier is increasing the heat from the sun on those leaves and you see it start to turn dark and then you see a little bit of smoke and eventually when you fan it give it some oxygen all of a sudden you'll see a fire begin to come and all you did was supply heat now listen When the leaves begin to burn, it's because they have reached flashpoint. Now, for leaves, the flashpoint is very low. Things like paper, which is really thin, the flashpoint is very low. I mean, it could be 180 degrees, 200 degrees. Who knows? But it's very, very low because it's thin. It's paper. It's leaves. Now, you get a piece of wood, maybe a board, a two by four. It's going to take a lot more than 200. It might be 300, 400 degrees. But then it also has a flash point, and then you can take things like concrete and metal, and you say, "Ain't no way!" Oh no, no. He said, "Everything has a flash point. It may take more heat. It may be more intense, but everything has a flash point where, at a certain temperature, it will break out and combust." When he told me that, it scared me. Now I understand how a concrete building or a Mercedes-Benz Stadium, downtown Atlanta, can just go up in flames. And by the next day you go and everything is down to ashes because everything has a flash point. Y'all know what I'm getting ready to say. God said lust is a fire, and God don't mince his words. He you know what he's saying. You know what he's teaching us? You have a flashpoint. That's right. And I know for some of you, you don't feel you've reached that flashpoint. <laughs> a few little nasty pictures in a kind of a magazine. <laughs> yeah, you think it's okay. Yeah, but you haven't reached a flashpoint. And you can close it up and you can come serve God, hallelujah. Everything is all right. But I'm telling you about lust, it spreads. And you got away with the magazines, didn't you? The lust is now, the videos. And you might start off, ah, you know, the videos, yeah. I might do a few little nasty things and masturbate, but I'm still, you know, clean myself up. Praise the Lord. you know. Hey, but I'm going to tell you something. You're going to reach a flashpoint. And you're going to shock yourself at how nasty you can be. Lust is a fire. It's going to heat up and heat up and heat up. That's why I tell church folk, you stay off the phone at night with people of the opposite sex. They think the pastor is just being over the top. You on the phone? Yeah, brother. Wasn't the service nice today? Mm Mm-hmm. And how you doing? Next thing you know, they talking about what position you like, and then they all nasty. Before you know it, burning, burning. Next thing you know, they over at the No Tell Motel. Flashpoint. Somebody say, help us, Jesus. This is real. One of my dead pastor friends, he is dead, six foot under dead right now today. You know what happened to that boy? Left his wife and his beautiful children. Bishop took his ministry away from him, put another pastor in his church. We call it being defrocked taken out of the ministry eventually died in another whole tragedy that's another story but he called me on the phone we've been very good friends said he went into a printer to print some church advertisements and the girl working behind the behind the counter doing the printing kind of took a liking to him she thought he was handsome and you know and so she After he placed his order and everything and she's trying to touch his hand and he's pulling away and she's trying to be all suggestive. You know, guy's got his wedding ring on. He's got his wife. How many of these girls out here don't care no more? The Bible said they flatter with their lips and their eyelids. She took his phone number off of the order. And he said by the time he got home, he had a picture of her on his phone. He opened the text. Didn't even know who it was from. Didn't recognize the number. Opened the text, and there was a beautiful picture of her. Nothing suggestive. Fully clothed. Just a very beautiful picture. She. It's like one of these, you know, kind of modeling pictures that they you use. Know, these glamour pictures and had makeup and everything. She's sitting at a table. You know, very, very beautifully, just very modestly, dressed, just, just smiling. And he said he looked at that picture. And he heard the voice of God say, "Delete that from your phone." And he said, "But." It's not nasty, it's like, it's not like she got on underwear or lingerie, she's not naked. And he said, he just kept it on the phone. And he said, from time to time, he would find himself looking at it. Intrigued that this younger girl would be interested in an older man like him. And he's just looking at it. Wow, she's interested in me. How many of the fires are already starting to burn? You see? Nothing nasty. He said when he went back into the printer to collect the order, something in him was looking for her. He said it was so strange, Marty. He said, I find myself hoping that she was at work that day. See, the fire started to burn. And he said, and when she came from the back and saw him, he said it was almost like a sense of joy came over him and he knew right then lust had taken his heart they begin to correspond and text each other the next picture was a little more scandalous and then a little more scandalous before 2 months they were going out to eat together for three months they were in a hotel together. He had become a liar. Baby, where were you at all night? Oh, honey, I was at the church praying. Lying. And when the whole thing came out, I'm sitting there talking to him. He said, Marty, I knew that one day it was going to come out. He said, It always does. I said, Well, why didn't you stop it? Here's what he said to me Holy Ghost, tongue talking, Pentecostal man of God. He said, I couldn't stop it. Lust got him. And after losing his family and his ministry, he's now lost his life. He's dead. Don't play with fire, folks. So what do we do? Let me tell you, and I'm going to let y'all go. First of all, fire dies when you remove the fuel. That's what Pastor Al told me. He said, if you'll remove the fuel. This is why they say, you know, sweep up the leaves around your house. Get rid of the excess brush. He said, if you'll get rid of the fuel, the thing that it burns, uh, he said, I don't care how much heat you got. If it doesn't have fuel, you won't have a fire. Look at me. You got to go home and get rid of some stuff. Stop playing with it. Fire will die if you remove or cut off the fuel source. Remove some stuff from your life. Let the Holy Spirit tell you right now, as you're hearing me preach, what it is that you've got to go and remove from your life. Here's number two. Lust begins with the eyes. In Matthew 5 verse 28, Jesus says it as crystal clear as clear water in the Caribbean sea he said whoever looks upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery in his heart he said you know where it begins looking then what's my advice for you don't look nobody want to hear that I look at what I want to go ahead you're a fool I said don't look Why you thinking the devil makes girls buy all them clothes? You 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 ever see a girl walking doing this the whole time she's walking? Just go home and change. Every three steps. Let me the devil clothes. You don't even like it yourself. The whole idea is to make somebody look. Jesus said, if you look, and so what does the devil do? Seduces you. Jesus called it the lust of the eyes. Listen, you're going to be a man of God, a woman of God. He says, don't look. Pastor Warner told us when we were disciples once in a discipleship class. He said, you know what? You might not be able to control the first look because it might hit you unnoticed. He said, but you can control the second one. He says, no, that second look is what going to get you. He says, you, you, you can't help seeing it the first time. Then you got to keep on going. Someone said, turn around. Don't turn around. Keep going. Turn around. I ain't got to see no more. i seen enough. Church folk. Lust wants us, folks. But I thank God for the blood of Jesus. And I'm so grateful tonight that we have what we have in the Bible because, see, the fire of lust can be contained. You know, they always say that fire is a beautiful commodity. Fire can cook chicken. Come on. Fire can heat your house. Fire inside of an engine can can, can propel your vehicle because that fire is contained. But if you ever let it get out, it'll blow that car up it'll burn chicken and your house don't play with fire y'all so what you do is you stay close to god and you remove those things that gives lust its power so that we can go on and have healthy relationships a healthy relationship with god And we can achieve the destiny God will have. Don't let lust take what God has intended for you to have. Some of you here, you married. God wants you to have a beautiful, happy marriage. Some of you that are single, one day you're going to have a beautiful, happy. Don't let the devil use lust and take everything from you. And then you're just licking your wounds, wishing that I had the ability to continue. Well, that's what the altar is for. You can come and God can put that thing under check of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen, everybody. Here's what I want y'all to do. I want you to stand to your feet with me for a minute. Come on, we're going to ask God as we get ready to go today. I just want you to just stand with me. And I want everybody here to look up to heaven. Let's raise our hands.